The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and today I have a very special friend joining us, Cynthia James, who is an extraordinary woman. Cynthia is an author, she is a speaker, and she is truly a transformational leader. She coaches individuals to bring not only their best, self forward, but to bring this self forward that they don't even know they have in them. It is absolutely beautiful to see. Cynthia's new book is I Choose Me, The Art of Being a Phenomenally Successful Woman at Home and at Work. Cynthia, welcome to Leading Conversations. Oh, I'm so happy to be with you, Cheryl. Thank you so much. Oh, it's great to have you here. So where are you today? I'm in Denver. Uh, I live in Denver in the mountains in Denver. Ah, nice. So are you, you can't still be having winter, right? (laughs) Well, I just want you to know we just had a little bit of hail like 10 minutes ago. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah, it was like, it's like 90 in Denver and then they have hailstorms. It's just the craziest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that kind of keeps you... Ready for whatever comes, right? Exactly. So, Cynthia, you've had quite an interesting path getting you to where you are today. Um, You know, I see you and have experienced you as extraordinary in your capacity to see. To see maybe what others do not, and to see even what others do not see in themselves. And it's quite a gift you have. And, you know, I I know a little bit about your story in terms of how you grew up and some of your adult life. You've had um, quite a, what shall we call it, creative life. You know, you, you are such... <laughs> You, well, you are. I mean, you're such a creative being, you know, and that has shown up in some of your, um, the way you've, you've actually been an actress, a very successful actress. You are artistic. You are a person who values beauty so much. You know, I, I also know that your story has um, a little bit of challenge in it. So... Talk to us a bit about, um, you know, what do you think today is important to you in terms of where you started? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I, um, I come from, I was born in Minneapolis, 
And I come from a family, uh, actually five generations of women who were abused and traumatized, and there was a great deal of struggle and, um, I'm going to say, dramatic flair. And so for me, my father was an alcoholic, and my uh, mother was beautiful and brilliant, but her self-esteem was very low. My stepfather um, was a wife beater and a pedophile, and so... Uh, you know, up until seven years old, there was a great deal of violence in my life, and um, I was a very sensitive kid, uh, and so I just, I think what happened is, just like a lot of kids who go through that kind of stuff, I thought that was the norm. I thought that that's what happened to people. As I grew older and I, you know, went on my own spiritual path and on my own educational path, what I started mm-hmm. to recognize is that your past doesn't define you. What you decide to do defines you. And so mm-hmm. it was a lot of work to move from the experiences I had and create new experiences for myself. So what allowed you to move there? I mean, you know, if you don't have the role model in your life, and that, as you say, has become the norm, what was it that pushed you away from that? You know, I wish I had some, like, really um, brilliant answer, but I actually think I was guided. You know, I really think Mm -hmm. that, you know, um, Doreen Virtue talks about angels and different people talk about, I mean, I just feel like somewhere... I was protected and I kept being guided in ways that made no sense, that were counterintuitive. You know, I'd go to schools or or places that were counterintuitive and somebody would give me information or invite me into a class or invite me into some kind of position where I was visible and supported. And I think that, that as I matured, what that said to me was, oh, what if that's happening for everybody and we just aren't aware that there's this mm. amazing energy around us that's supporting us? Mm. Well, that's quite an insight. You were pretty young, right, when you uh-huh. saw that? Or, or is that something that you see simply in hindsight? I think both. I, you know... When I was in high school, you know, we were really poor and we had been on welfare and everything, but I kept being invited to be in, you know, teen boards and in the debate club and in the French club and all these things and to be secretary of the class. And I started understanding that my life was starting to look different than my relatives and that there Mm. had to be something there. And I don't think I was sophisticated enough to get, you know, that, you know, there there was an intelligence or support for me. but I knew something was happening that was different. Mm. You know, it sounds like your true nature was really strong and grounded and paying attention, right? Paying attention to moving away from the pain, right? Right. And you were lucky. You were lucky. Not, not all people have um, those opportunities showing up and then even when they do, sometimes they don't recognize it, they don't step into it, or there's something that prevents them from stepping into it. So, you know, I, 
I'm curious about um, your time as an actress um, mm. because you were very successful. You were very much um, connected to Hollywood, and I have I've heard that um, oftentimes people go into acting in order to be able to, on a very deep unconscious level, to be someone different than they are, or be someone different than their past. Mm. Do you ascribe to that? You know, I'm not totally sure it's everyone, but I do think this. I do think that oftentimes the people who have gone through really challenging childhoods, you know, want to find a way to express their creatives. And so... Mm -hmm whether it's music or whether it's acting or whether it's art, it's a way to step out of that environment into your own world and create. And so for me, the acting and the singing for me was a way to differentiate myself from the people who just were were at status quo. I mean, because I got recognition for my acting and my singing. Hmm. Well, and and positive recognition. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of positive recognition. Do you so talk a bit about how your self esteem developed over time? Well, you know, it's really interesting about that because I think initially it was trying to find validation and appreciation and admiration from the outside in. And, you know, you can get that for a while, but then it doesn't last. And so it was really a a journey of, you know, what happens if I love me? What happens if Mm -hmm. I honor me? Who am I without needing anybody else to approve of me? Mm -hmm. What was the first time you asked yourself that question? You know, I think the the first time I asked it, you know, I think I was in my 30s when I really asked it mm-hmm. uh, because I had, you know, I was going through a lot of changes and stuff. Uh, and and I kept looking at, you know, when you look back in retrospect, you can always see that something happened and you thought it was going to be somebody that was going to save you or it was going to be some job or going to be whatever it was, and it never turned out to be that. And so I, I started kind of, reading metaphysical and self-help books, and, and, and it kept coming back to, you know, who are you? And I was like, wow, I don't right. even know that. I don't even know what I like and don't like. Wow. Yeah. Well, how lucky you are that you actually ask that question. Many people never do. Right. A lot of the yeah. people that come to me as clients, you know, come in search of that, actually. I mean, they're successful in business and other things, but they're really want to connect to a strong uh, inner truth and inner knowing. Mm, Yeah. You know, that, in me, that triggers for me um, kind of what's happening currently in our world. Um, Most recently, and just a day and a half ago, there was a mass shooting in Orlando, Florida, in the U.S., and 50 people died. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
it makes me think we've had so many instances of this um, where the individuals are often defined as really lost souls. They are people who don't feel connected but are looking for something, whether it's power or something that validates they exist. Um, I mean, there's a lot of other things we could move toward, but that, you know, that begins to make me wonder, is this becoming epidemic? I mean, is there something going on in our social fabric that is making it worse, or is it just that we just know more because we're all more connected with the Internet, et cetera? You know... What I think is happening is is that what is emerging is the lack of understanding that we're all connected. So a lot of what we are looking is fear-based and anger-based right. and, right. and thinking that because someone is different or thinks differently or looks differently or loves differently, then they're wrong. And so therefore, you know... They need to be, you know, um, put aside or hurt. And, you know, we've watched it, you know, we've watched it throughout history, you know, up, including Hitler. And it's like yeah. some part of us doesn't wake up enough to understand that that is destructive and it never works. And, and right. so, because we're all, you know, when, when that happened to those 50 people, you know, we we have a, a globe of broken hearts here. Yes, yes, yeah. What what can you do? I know that there are so many people right now who are wondering. You know, they're filled with emotion. They're filled with anger. They're filled with um, pain and compassion for the people who experience this. What can people do? You know, everybody is sitting here saying, I feel powerless in this situation. I don't know what I can do that would make a difference. Yeah. Well, you know, some people are posting on social media. And, you know, I'll tell you, though, um, recently in that um, rape case where the young woman wrote the the 7,000 words, you know, I I think sharing from that depth of um, feeling and compassion and and pain, you know, people pay attention. And I I think, you know, we're not going to change the people out here who think that murder is acceptable and that, you know, carrying these mass weapons of destruction are okay. But what we yes. can say is, this is the impact it's having on me, you know. And yes. you know, m- enough of us do that, we become a critical mass. Well, you know that is, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And you know, I'm in Palo Alto, and so it's even more present here than. I mean, it's been a phenomenal um, sweeping of the globe, and her um, her words have not only given people who have experienced rape um, the sense of, it's almost as if 
in her words, they are recognized as human. They are recognized as mattering, right? And, uh, And it's just fascinating to me how quickly this, it's almost as if the world said, enough. Enough. Because right. this is not new, right? The, the experience is not new. Um, right. the, the statistic, um, you know, one in five or one in three, depending on how you define this, women on college campuses will experience sexual violence in the time that they are there. Uh-huh. That stuns me. It absolutely stuns me. And, you know, it's, as I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking, so, you know, if we play this out, what if the man who raped this woman, they're calling her Emily Doe, uh-huh. What if this man, Brock Turner, and who raped Emily Doe, what if he had more a sense of himself? What if he had really done the work to get clear about who he is? Maybe this wouldn't have happened. Right. But I want, you know, what you think about it, though, Cheryl, you know, we are, we're not enculturated on this level to understand, you know, quantum physicists tell you that there's a quantum field and everything's contained in it. And, and so, and so that means we're in there too, and there's choice in there, right? You know? And so because of that, you understand that there's a connection and a connectivity with everything and everyone. And so, I think because we're not taught that, it's, you know, we're taught about how to do well in school and we're taught how to make money and we're taught, you know, how to go out and succeed, but we're not taught necessarily, not even in some of our, our religious institutions, to love all people, to honor all people, to respect yeah. all people, and to start with ourselves. You know, if we get that, something shifts. Yes. And I yeah. think that that young woman writing those words, and because we do have social media and Internet, you know, those words said, you cannot discount me. You cannot yes. take me out. I belong here, and I deserve yes. to be treated with respect. Yes, yes, absolutely. Her courage is inspiring and humbling. Mm-hmm. Cynthia, we are going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexsaconsulting.com. Alexa 
Asset Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Escobedo with my very special guest, Cynthia James. So, Cynthia, we've been talking about how important it is to understand that we are all connected. And, you know, how can you respect others if you don't respect yourself? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, if you think about the concept of self-abuse, um, you know, that includes many facets, but it includes things like people who um, have substance abuse, people who um, allow themselves to be, um, allow themselves to be in relationships that aren't in their best interest. And, you know, it's interesting to me as I have over the years looked at um, how children are raised, the competitive environment, the gender differences, the inability to acknowledge differences because we're taught to conform from a very early age in the school system, right? And and also we're taught to conform by any of our um, parents or guardians who are saying, um, you know, don't be different because, you know, someone out there may think you're weird or someone out there, you know, it may not be safe. And so we're taught to hide who we are, right? Right. We totally are. But you know what's really interesting is that we're all original imprints. Nobody has our fingerprint. Nobody has our our DNA. You know, we're original imprints, and we all have creativity and ways of expressing that are unique only to us. And instead of, you know... uh, us understanding that because of the enculturation, we're trying to fit in. But that's, you know, that's how a system, you know, ha, you know I just call it controls the masses. You know, cause, but what's happening is I'm looking at all these millennials out here, and they are so like, <laughs> no, I think I'll do this. I think I'll write this book. I think I'll sing this song. There was this little girl that was on America's Got Talent. She's 11 years old, and she comes out with a guitar, and she says, oh, I'm going to sing an original song. And they're all looking at her like, oh, that's nice. And this little girl was amazing. <laughs> she, 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 and I think... That there, that there are a lot of kids on the planet and young people on the planet who are saying, you know, I don't want to fit in that box. I want to be right. me. I want to bring me. And I want, I want you to see who I am. Yes. Well, and so that, in, in a way, uh, validates the whole concept of role model or seeing the possibility, right? Because mm-hmm. if, if those kids are seeing other people around the world on social media who are doing that and they look at that and they say, oh, I want to do that, right? And so if they see someone who can 
write a song and they know that they've been doing that themselves. And they might have someone who says, yeah, why not? Go ahead. Even if they don't think anything's going to come of it, then they're going to be willing to do it. And I agree with you. I see this going on so much more. Now, how does that... Well, so the the millennials are the largest number, poor number of people. They're larger than the boomers. And for um, a long time, the boomers were um, the largest population. And, of course, then, and I'm part of that group, and we got just about anything we wanted because, you know, we shifted the culture. We shifted the um, way of doing things. We shifted... Um, what people should believe. We influence politics hugely. And all of a sudden, that shifted. That shifted, right? All of a sudden, we're not so in charge because this larger group is coming up here, mm-hmm. the millennial. Right. And, you know, it seems like everything is flipped. Everything, right? They don't necessarily think that Going, the American dream is going out and buying a house and having a job that you get paid nine to five, and you know, um, having family in some format. They don't, they don't necessarily think that's what has to be happening. The American dream is more about being who you are. Right. So, so tell me, tell all of us, Cynthia, how you really help individuals to get to the core, to get to their essence. How do you do that? Well, you know, so it's one of the reasons I, I, I wrote the book, I Choose Me, because I think that the first thing is, like, to get clear about your gifts and your passions. I, you know, I was so busy in survival as a kid, nobody ever mentioned to me, to what was I passionate about, what ignited me, what, you know, so that's one of the first things I do with people is like, what ignites you? What would you do if you didn't get paid for it? You know, what yeah. What makes you, your eyes sparkle and your face light up? And then I ask them, and what's the core decision that could be standing in the way of that? When I got to mine, my core decision was, I'm here to struggle. Oh, And as long as that core belief was running, that's what I did. I mean, I would achieve things, but there was always struggle, you know. And so I I ask my clients, it's like, let's get to the core decision and then transform that so that you can now bring in another way of being so that what ignites you can move into form and be resourced. So what... I imagine that there are people who don't even know what their core decision is. How do you help them discover that? Well, I help them, you know, I I really do a lot of um, emotional integrative work, and I do a lot of Mm mind-body connection work because everything that's ever Mm -hmm. happened to us is encoded in the body someplace, you know, which is why we can get triggered over and over again. So I invite people to connect to the body and start to learn its language because because it will tell you, you know, what's in the way. And so for me, um, I there was a, my core belief really came in at about three years old. I was uh, locked in a basement by a caregiver and was told that the devil was going to get me. And it was completely dark. And, and, and as I went back into that place, 
you know, it became very clear to me that I that it it wasn't the language of a three year old, but it was the decision that I was here to struggle and I wasn't safe. Mm. Wow. So what what allowed you to finally discover that? Well, I did a lot of work. I I um I went through a master's program for spiritual psychology. I went through a lot of um, workshops and self-help classes and going to hear speakers and things and, and, and really in therapy even just really getting to the fact that, that I was on a trajectory of, of my family. If I mm-hmm. didn't change, if I didn't change the way I thought and the way yeah. I behaved. Mm. You know, uh, I experience you as a woman of strength, and I experience you as a woman of vulnerability at the same time, um, and that's really extraordinary because sometimes individuals have trouble. They, can, they think they have to be one or the other. And, in fact, you know, there's enormous vulnerability in showing our strength, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other element that I experienced from you is um, pure accountability. You know, you hold yourself accountable and you hold others accountable, and you do that in, in, in holding the individual in purest love. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, no excuse. <laughs> I love that about you. But there's no judgment in that. And right. my guess is that that is a whole lot of what makes the work you do successful. Yeah, that my clients do tell me that they feel loved. And they feel seen. And, and I asked my clients to do what I would do, which mm. is to show up, which yeah. is to commit and, and be unwavering in that commitment and yeah. to not play small. Mm. So talk about the playing small versus playing big. What does that look like? <laughs> well, you know, playing small for me is like, um, hiding, not bringing your best game, and not showing up fully. You know, it's it's really um, doing what being a chameleon to to get what you think other people need from you. I mean, I used to do that in relationships all the time. But mm. playing big is like bringing your most courageous, powerful self, and it doesn't mean you're going to succeed every time. But it means you're in it 100%. You're showing up. You're going to own that greatness, and you're going to you're going to commit to bringing excellence in every moment. Because mm. of that, people will trust you. Mm. So, okay. So we all know people who have very strong presence, who appear to be. They've got everything together. They're in charge. They are um, often leading the charge, right? Leaders Mm -hmm. in organizations or in 
um, movements, etc. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that they really feel empowered. Sometimes they're really afraid, they're, but they're acting empowered because they right. know that if someone sees their fear, um, that they'll be called out as a fraud. That's how people feel. Um, do you have that experience? You know, I mean, I, I, I have that experience with people in my life, you know, on different levels. But this is the thing about that for me. It's, I think it's a total misconception. I think people love vulnerability. I think people love honesty and authenticity and heart. And so to think that by showing that you would be considered less than is a, is, is, it's a whole misconception. And, and for me, I feel like I want to and I want every client I have to bring their whole self to the game because then people get to see you. They get to see what you value. They see, see how you want to live. They get to see, you know, you know where something hurts or 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 yeah. something doesn't work for you. I, I just think that mm-hmm. in our earlier conversation we were talking about what's going on on the planet, I think that misconception is running the show. Because if we all knew how amazing we were and how mm-hmm. fabulous it is to bring the best self, we would blow people away. There would be peace. <laughs> well, right. That's the thing. So what has to happen? You know, there's, if you think about this, the, the self-help movement has been around for more than 50 years, right? Mm-hmm. And it is very powerful. And there are select individuals who take it to heart and things are better in their lives. And there are select individuals who take it to heart and they decide that they are going to um, be very visible with their beliefs. And so they, you know, they, they move out into the, the teaching of what they've experienced. And, and then there are a lot of people who would never imagine that that's something they can do. And I agree. I think we're living this lie. I think we're living in this misconception. And what is it going to take for that to transform? You know what I think? I, I think it's got to. We got to move away from the numbers. You know, I, I the when I first started, my my first book was What Will Set You Free, right? And I had these workshops. Yes. And my mm-hmm. mind, my mind was like, "Oh, I'm going to fill all these rooms." You know, and six people would come. But I started to get that those six people were having healings. And then Mm. it grew to whatever. And so, and I speak in front of lots of people. But in this moment with my new book, I'm going around to to small groups of women and saying, let's talk about what you can do. Let's talk about how you can make a difference. I don't think it's about the numbers. I think it's about, are you willing to be the most loving, most kind, most present, most brilliant person you can mm-hmm. be in every moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the story about someone who you have 
either worked with or maybe just had a moment with where you have seen transformation in their life? So I've got this, um, I have this online mastermind community and a woman named Maria comes in. She's 72 years old. She's written a book. But she's completely shy. She doesn't, she doesn't have a voice. And, but she wants to bring this message because she was abused in horrible ways as a kid. And she wants to tell people they can get out of it. And so she goes through the first mastermind and she comes to see me and she's doing private work with me and, and she's moving. But then she signs up again for the mastermind. And I'm like, why are you signing up again? She said, because I haven't found my voice. Well, uh. She posted the other day, she was at INATS, which is the, the book conference um, that travels around the country where you, that you sell yes. to booksellers. She's got a right. book signing. She's beautiful. She's speaking. She's doing all of this stuff. And when I asked her, what was this about? And she said, she said, I, I really heard that if I keep my mouth shut, somebody that really needs me won't get the message. That's powerful. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Powerful. Absolutely. And, you know, I I think that really creates the distinction. Um, So many of us wait until we master something before we think we can do something, right? Mm -hmm. So, So she... She decided that she may not have felt like, oh, now I found my voice, so now I can go out. She said, oh, how do I find my voice? I speak. <laughs> yes. Right? I do yes. it. <laughs> right? You know, I show up, right? And it's fascinating to me, the, the images that we have about things that are done so perfectly about how people are experts. You know, we honor the experts, right? We, we bow to the experts. And, um, and, you know, we do pay authors um, a lot of homage. Mm-hmm. And it's, maybe it's more than just, oh, you know, they're, they're successful and, you know, they have something to say. More, maybe it's more that they just say. Yeah. And that's what people really value. Well, you know, I think we all have innate wisdom and we all have incredible experiences in our life. I think people who write have the ability to articulate it in a certain way. And, yeah. and the great writers, the great authors, you know, touch the masses. But there's something powerful about writing, whether you get published or not, about putting right. your thoughts and your wisdom down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we have to take a break, and we'll be right back with Cynthia James. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations with Cheryl Escobedo with my very special guest today, Cynthia James, who's the author of I Choose Me, The Art of Being a Phenomenally Successful Woman at Home and at Work. Cynthia, I'm curious about the whole concept of how women bring their best self forward um, and do this without making others, whether they're men or other people, um, without making them wrong. Uh-huh. It seems like, they're, you know, we have such a dualistic culture. You know, it has to be one <laughs> right? And so how, how, does, how do you do that? Well, you know, the first thing is, is to understand that we matter. That, you know, um, it's not about anybody else out there, what they are or aren't doing. We, as feminine, matter. You know, th- there's a statistic that 69 million women are in the workforce, and 10 million of them are breadwinners. Wow. And, and that we're juggling family and careers. And, 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 I, and, and I think part of it is, you know, because, you know, well into the 1900s, you know, we were still considered property. I think that how we have valued ourselves and how we have honored ourselves is by what we do for others. You know, that's how we get love. But here's what I believe. I believe that by learning to honor ourselves first, get clear about ourselves first, you know, not only releases stress, but it also raises the vibration in our home environments, in our work environments, in our relationships, because we're more focused and we're more clear and we're more anchored. And I think that by women doing that, you know, we're going to leave a legacy of health yeah. because we're going to teach our children that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about politics for a minute. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our current state of affairs with um, the election coming up at the end of the year and the candidates who are front and center and with our very first woman on not being nominated 
as a candidate for the President of the United States. It seems that the voice of women are, the voices of women are vital to this. Um, and yet it seems like that wouldn't be enough. You know, to just have the voice of women in support of it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think, first of all, I think, I think it's extraordinary that at this point in time in history that, that a woman is, is in this position. You know, but you know, it's interesting because, you know, in our country, but women have been presidents in other countries. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's like we're just, we're like sort of catching up that, that a woman could be in that position. But I, I think it's really about what do we value? What, you know, what do we stand for that, that, that elects someone? And so I think the woman's voice is important, and I think it's important that we understand the power of, of, of the feminine moving into those kinds of positions. But I also think it's, it's like understanding that the person that's in that position is speaking to the heart of what we value. Yes. If indeed they are. You know, yeah. I mean... Mm-hmm. I, I would say that there are um, plenty of people who don't speak to the heart of anything. It doesn't matter if they're males or females. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think that this is the moment that the voice has to stand up. The voice of women has to stand up. And... You know, I've always, always been a proponent that women cannot go into a room by themselves, sit down, talk about how they can navigate around the culture that is primarily male-dominated, and then go out and think things are going to change. Uh The conversation has to include everyone. The conversation has to include everyone as we look at the diverse perspectives of how we see the world. And this, I think, is missing. I I, I think this is missing. And I I believe that there are a lot of people um, who are not speaking up from many sides of life who um, don't don't have judgment about others in a way that says, you know, I want to, I want to keep you away. I want to keep you out. Mm-hmm. They're very willing to, um, you know, pull them in or um, give them opportunity or, um, or to engage in the belief that, you know, we're all here just trying to get through. Right. Right. And so, go ahead. No, what I was going to say, though, but I think it comes back to self-loving and self-knowing because when you're, yeah. when you're in that place, you are inquisitive. You're curious about other people. What do they think? What do they want? What are their great desires? You know, how does their culture live? You know, I mean, you, you yeah. want to know that because, you're, because you want to share yours. But if you're busy yeah. hiding and, 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 and coveting, you know, and being greedy about whatever, then, then you're afraid somebody's going to take it from you. And then that shuts down that whole, that whole ability and that whole portal to, to love and learn. 
Wow. So, you know, I, I just, I know that you have um, such a gift, such a gift, and you have made life changes, not only in yourself, but you've helped so many others to find their voice, to find their core self, to have courage um, in the face of big odds. Um, And I know you're a big proponent of community also. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk about the power of community. We just have a couple more minutes. You know, community... um it's it's really amazing. You bring a bunch of people together with a common desire or a common goal, and 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 they make changes because they're bringing all of their brilliance and all of their heart to it. I, I do this work with African American women, and we put these women in circles of twelve to learn how to eat better and and take care of themselves and change their lifestyles to get rid of obesity and 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 that whole way of being that's unhealthy. And these women. I mean, they nurture each other. It's like if one starts to fall, they pick them up. And I think that's what community does. You know, somebody starts to fall, we pick the other one up. We stand together. Mm. We have a common voice. Mm. I love that. Well, Cynthia, we've come to the end of our show. I can't believe how fast this has gone by. <laughs> and I mean, really, I could just talk to you forever. So I know people are going to want to know more and how to reach you and learn more about your work. How do they do that? Um, my website is CynthiaJames.net. And um, you can find all about my social media and all of my books and, and the programs that I have there. Mm. Thank you, Cynthia. It has been a pleasure and honor and a privilege to have you with us today on Leading Conversations. My honor to be with you, Cheryl. This book by Cynthia James is I Choose Me, The Art of Being a Phenomenally Successful Woman at Home and at Work. So remember, everyone, to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.